Children's Church can be dismissed. Children's Church is ages two years old through, th or three years old, I'm sorry, three years old through uh, second. I want to introduce you to, uh, to some uh, friends. Uh, some of you all have known uh, for longer. I've just got the privilege of meeting them uh, in the last week or so and today face to face, but I'm excited to hear how God has called them and prepared them to serve on the mission field. We currently serve several missionaries scattered all over the globe. Now we have several in Europe, several in South America. We've got one in North America, in Asia. Now we're excited to be partnering uh, now again as prayer partners with Eric and Lauren Cole as they prepare to go to the Czech Republic. So I'm going to let them share a little bit more about what God's doing in their lives and uh, introduce themselves to you. Would you just give a warm welcome to, to Eric and Lauren? Thank you. Here we go. Thank you guys for uh, letting us come share. Uh, Crawford County, Illinois, um, holds a special place in my heart. Um, now my papers are all out of order, so that's awesome. Okay, so not a professional speaker. I'm going to have to forewarn you. Just a normal guy. Um, but yeah, Crawford County holds a special place in our heart. My grandparents live here. My aunt uh, Jennifer and, and cousins lived here, and it was kind of my home away from home. I actually grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, and so coming here, I got to learn about you know, a lot of things like what a farm is and um, how things grow. And so um, excited to um, be here. And again, I am going to have to forewarn you, not a professional speaker. I'm also one of those dreaded criers, okay? So, and when it gets to going, it's ugly, and I just pre-apologize um, for that. Um, but a couple things just, you know, before we get started um, to kind of frame what we'd like to share with you guys today. Um, I would encourage and challenge all of us, and myself and Lauren included, is, is just listening with maybe the intent to act. So thinking of looking inward at ourselves and how God might be speaking to us today. Um, and the second thing I just wanted to mention would just, you know, would we all commit um, right now just to approaching God's throne with a surrendered heart, right? The same surrendered heart that you approach God with when you come to know him for the first time. That same surrendered heart we have to carry every day, right? And that's, that's a challenge. Um, but I pray that we would all um, have that attitude uh, today. So um, before we jump in, I just want to pray and, and we'll, we'll get started. <clears throat> uh, Father, thank you just so much for this day um, and for the opportunity to share, Lord, what you've laid on our hearts. Lord, help me and Lauren as we speak. Um, Lord, that it's just your Holy Spirit that speaks and not us. Um, Father, we just pray that um, you would move in this place today, that you would speak to hearts, that you would change hearts today, change our hearts, Lord, teach us. Lord, the next step of obedience that you'd have for us in our own lives. Um, help us to approach your throne with our, with our yes on the table. Um, and to have the courage to do that, Lord. Give us the courage that only comes from your, your spirit. Um, because we know on our own that we're incapable of that kind of courage. Lord, thank you for your son Jesus. And what he did on the cross for us. And why it's so important that we go and share that. Um, we ask these things in his name. Amen. Okay, so next slide. That's the Motley crew there. I don't know if you can see it. 
um, but I'll let Lauren introduce the, the family to you. Yeah, so I'm Lauren. I did not grow up in Illinois. I'm from the St. Louis area. Um, Cubs Cardinals, by the yeah, way. Yeah, sorry. Uh, our son Hudson is four, and he has realized this Cubs-Cardinals divide, and I think to the pleasure of some of our Southern Illinois family, he is definitely a Cardinals fan, mostly to despite him. He has learned that it's fun to make Dad mad, so he asked my family for Cardinals hats. Um, and then Raylan is not far behind him. He'll be two, and they're a bunch of fun. They're hanging out in the nursery right now. So, um, But we're excited to, to move with them. And um, Yeah, it's a common question we get, um, which may surprise you, but are you taking your kids with you? Yes. No, nah, we're just we're leaving them back home. They're, they're with us. If you go to the next slide real fast, we just want to get this out of the way here so we don't forget. Oh, yeah. Um, but we do have some prayer cards. I think they're back in this little lobby room back here. Um, but I just want to point out on there is a website or a little QR code you can scan. And basically, when you go there, it'll just take you to a place where you can put your email address in to receive our newsletter. So there's not a lot right now. Hopefully, we'll have some more updates coming out soon as um, the COVID situation hopefully starts to dissipate. But... We'd love for you to follow along, and then you can connect with us further from there. Um, we definitely see this as a partnership, as, you know, we're, we're going on behalf of everyone and with everyone, and those prayers are essential to that. So we'd love for you to, um, to follow along with us there and connect Absolutely. with us. Absolutely. Yeah, and those of you who know me better know that the prayer is much, much needed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you could go to the next one there. Okay, so the map's a little small. Um, and we're going to ask for some crowd participation today, so just strap in for that. Um, so how many of you guys remember when the Czech Republic was still Czechoslovakia? Or still think it's Czechoslovakia. Or still think it's Czechoslovakia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I actually don't remember that, but it used to be, um, and it is not anymore. Um, so if you look on that map, um, there's a little purple country that's... Right in the middle. Right in the middle, essentially. And that's the Czech Republic. It was Czechoslovakia, but when the Iron Curtain fell, um, they got their independence. So, Lauren, do you want to talk a little bit about just the culture there? Yeah, so just the one thing I want to highlight here, you see, it's if you can see it, it's right in the middle of Europe. Um, it's sometimes called the heart of Europe, but it really is a mixture of Eastern and Western Europe. There's a lot of, um, like, more influences, modern influences, things like that's considered. Prague is a huge city, a tourist destination. Um, but it is the farthest, I'm going to get my directions confused, west, yeah, um, that communism spread under the Soviet Union. And so um, because of that, you can kind of see some of the effects of that today. So whenever it was under communism, um, the way that people who were religious kind of survived was to keep religion a secret. Um, they were not allowed to advertise it. They weren't allowed to add any new people to their church. You really couldn't talk about it at all. And so you see the effects of that now to where the culture there, they do not talk about religion at all whatsoever. Um, we've heard people say that it's not so much that they don't think God is real. They have just never even stopped to think about, is there a God? They've never stopped to ask that question. And so it's not something, especially among Czechs, they do not talk about religion with each other. It's a little bit easier as an American to ask that question because we're already the weird American. But um, it's just not something talked about there at all. And so it's just kind of a different feel. If you'll go to the next slide, you can see a little bit closer maybe, um, but it borders with Germany, Poland, Slovakia, and <coughs> Austria. 
Okay, so next crowd participation thing. Um, competition. First person to spot, and it may be a little hard because it's a little small on the, yeah, on the screen there. Yeah, I can see it. But the first person to spot the town that you would pronounce Rokey Canny on there. Can you guys let me know, when, some, let me know when somebody spots it? I see a couple people with their glasses like this. Okay, Debbie, house. spot it. Thank you. <laughs> You don't win anything. If you see the you C in Czech Republic, it's just to the left of the C. Is is Roki, yeah, Roki Canny. And so that's actually not how it's pronounced. That's how somebody from Festus, Missouri would pronounce it. <laughs> um, and that's how I started pronouncing it. But I was soon corrected. So we're going to learn a little bit of Czech today. Um, and we're actually learn the correct. And that's where we're going, is, is Roki Canny. So let's, um, if you'll repeat after me, we will... Um, learn how to say that together. So, roke, like broke with an R. So, roke, it's, ani. And then you smash it all together, roke, it's ani, is how it's said. Not how it's spelled, but it, that's how it's said. So, glad that you're learning your first bit of Czech, and hopefully you guys can try out some of that Czech maybe in a few years when you come visit us. So, um, so, that's where we're going to be going, and our, our goal there, guys, will be to, um, to plant a church in that town. Um, there, a church doesn't exist in that town. It's about 15,000 people. It's near um, a larger town uh, called Pulzen, which is just to the west of it. Um, a couple few hundred thousand people in that town, and then Rokatsani has about uh, 15,000 people. And yeah, they don't have a church there, and nobody's actively telling people about who Jesus is. And so you might ask, what does planting a church in Rokitsani look like? And I would tell you that I have zero clues what that looks like, but we're going. So we're hoping that uh, God will show us along the way. Um, you can go to the next slide. Yeah, so I'll read some of these numbers off to you guys. But um, I grew up in St. Louis. Eric grew up in Illinois, and at least in Missouri, we still consider ourselves the Bible Belt of America, kind of. And so it's hard for me to fathom, especially when you think of Europe. At, to be honest, when we first started thinking God was calling us to missions. I didn't even know there were missionaries in Europe. Like, I had no idea that IMB sent people there. And so um, that was kind of a shock to me. And then to think that there's people in Europe who don't have access to the gospel, it's just hard for me to fathom. So to get that idea in your mind, what I mean by access to the gospel is not, is there a Bible in their language, or can they go online and find the gospel? Yes, they could. Um, but, I mean, do they have access to a person who knows the gospel, whose life has been transformed by the gospel, and can share that with them and explain it to them. And so um, I did some Googling, and to Google, just to give us an idea, in Robinson, Illinois, so according to the Google, it's about 7,600 people, okay, population, and from churchfinder.com, okay, so this might not be accurate, but enough, there was 36, quote-unquote, Christian and Protestant churches listed. And I can tell you just from driving from, like, McDonald's to the church, I think I passed, we saw 10 other churches maybe. I mean, we could step outside and see a bunch of other churches. Of those 36, nine of them at least had Baptist in the name, okay? That's just in this town. In Rokitsani, which has over 14,000 people, there's not a single evangelical church. There's a beautiful old church building, but it is a historical site. There's no church there. So imagine 14,000 people who don't have access to anyone in their community who can explain the gospel to them. Here in Robinson, Illinois, if people aren't attending church, they, they at least drive past a church every day. And most likely they know at least someone who's in one of those churches who they could go and ask, who's, what's Jesus all about? In Rokitsani, they don't have anyone. And that's just a hard, 
hard thing to really grasp and understand and to fathom is those people don't have access to someone who could explain who Jesus is to them. Right. And, and, and that's not just true in that small town in Rokitsani or even the Czech Republic. That's kind of an issue across all of Europe. It's just a place where atheism rules. You know, they just don't consider the fact that there's something more, which is super sad, right, as a Christian. Um, so that's, that's why we're going. So we can go to the next slide. Just a quick, um, you know, statistic about the lostness there. Um, so that's a quarter of a percent of the people there would claim that they have a relationship with Jesus. That's pretty shocking, uh, you know, as an American. Um, and then, um, yeah, 306 <clears throat> checks die daily without knowing Christ. So that's, you know, we look at that and our heart hurts for that. Um, we hope everyone's heart would. Um, and so again, just some of the reasons why, um, why we're going. Uh, you can go to the next slide as well. Okay, so I can get kind of overwhelmed by all those numbers. Um, but I do want to give some encouragement, too, that God is moving among the Czech people. So Eric mentioned a little bit before on the map, Rogatani is close to a larger town called Pulzen, and um, our partners, that our missions partners we're going to work with, um, have a church going there. And so some of the members of that church are wanting to go plant a church in Rokitsani. That's the reason we're going to that town. So that's very exciting. But also I wanted to share at least just one story from our missions partners who are already there. Um, in this picture, this is Vera and Petter. And um, Vera attended an English camp when she was a teenager. That's one of the um, big ministries that when churches like your church come is they will hold English camps. People there really want to know English. And so she came to that as a teenager. Um, from what I hear, her she was kind of a, a rough teenager, kind of had a rough family. But at that camp, not only did she learn some English, but she learned about Jesus, and she decided she wanted to give her life to Jesus. And so she did... Um, and not long after she met Petter, Petter also decided to follow Christ, and they got married. And so they're actively involved in the church in Pulzen. Um, but what I think is so awesome is not only are they, have their lives been changed, are they actively involved in their church, but they have a heart to reach their own community with the gospel. So they have been hosting Bible clubs, um, kids camps, adult studies, all sorts of stuff in their own home, in their little community. Their ministry that they've just personally been doing has grown so much that they don't have space in their home. So with their own finances, their own money, they purchased the building that they're standing in front of in this picture for the purpose of doing more or more ministry in their community. So God is not just working through the missionaries that are there, but he is working through the Czech people, and they have a heart for their own people to know about Christ and the hope that's in Christ. Um, but one of the things I wanted to point out about that story is that all of that, the first um, encounter that they had with the gospel was at that English camp that was put on by a church just like your guys' church. And so I know I can feel kind of overwhelmed by how could I really make a difference? I don't even speak their language, you know, all this kind of stuff. Would God really want me to be a part of this? But I can say, yes, he does. And he uses people, ordinary people like me and us to go and to share the gospel and to have those initial conversations that would be hard for us just as people living there to maybe have those open doors right from the beginning. So um, to me, that's just really encouraging to see what God is already doing there. Yeah, when I look at that picture, I see the back end of that white truck and I'm like, what does the front end of that truck look like? <laughs> Apparently trucks look different in Europe than they do here. So that's what I look at when I see that picture. But absolutely, Peter and Vera, God's working. 
in the Czech Republic, and we're so thankful that there's people there already who are going to help us. Because again, like I said, um, Lauren and I are, are pretty um, we're pretty clueless when it comes to how to plant a church. She was a math, high school math teacher. Um, I sold engineered equipment to manufacturing plants. Like I would sell things to the Hershey plant, like equipment and things like that. Um, so if you go to the next slide, we'll just kind of tell you about like, how did we get here? Because I'd say five years ago, we didn't think that we would be going. Um, so um, I'd wager to say that our story is not too dissimilar from many people in this room, especially how we came to Christ. Do you want to share yeah, your testimony I'll share my, a little bit? I, I would say my story, um, not that I should be embarrassed to say this, but I think some of you might relate. I feel like it's pretty ordinary or boring, I guess. But I grew up in an awesome Christian home, um, grew up with a wonderful church who taught me the Bible from a young age. Um, I, my parents taught us the Bible. I remember just vividly remember one night, I think we had been in vacation Bible school or something recently, but I remember laying in my bed one night, and I just, it just kind of dawned on me the thought that I knew God loved everyone. I knew Jesus died for everyone, but it just hit that God loved me. He loved Lauren, and he died for me, and if it was just me, if I was the only person that had messed up and that I needed to be saved, just me, he still would have done it, and it, I just remember as a little kid of seven or eight years old that how overwhelmed I was by that, and that God loved me that much, and I did nothing to deserve it, and I just knew that if he did that for me, that he's worth giving my life for, and I want to do whatever he says. I want to follow him, whatever that looks like, and so um, I ran and got my mom, and you know, she helped me. We prayed together and all of that, and um, I think my story from there, again, just I grew up in church, and God continued just to teach me through so many wonderful people about what that looks like, um, and just learning the Bible through that, and then, yeah, I mean, I got to go on some cool mission trips through high school and college, but in college, I decided to become a math teacher, and um, which, thank you, someone pointed out that today's Pi Day, by the way, so I just want to give a, you know, thank you, nod for that. But no, I became a math teacher, and I'd say just pretty ordinary life after that. I had kids. Um, I remember telling one of my friends was going to go to China for a couple years to teach English, but really, you know, to share Christ, and I remember talking to her mom, and her mom was kind of like, oh, it's you know, not sure about her going, and I said, it's awesome that she's going now before she gets married and has kids and has a job, because now it's, you know, now I can't do that kind of stuff, and it's, I think God was laughing at me, saying, like, hello, Lauren, like, I want to use everybody, like, it doesn't, you could go with your kids, they can be a part of it, but, um, you know, but I would say, for the most part, just yeah. kind of an ordinary story. Yeah, um, pretty normal story for me, too. I was, also grew up in church. Um, my first recollection of church actually was um, Mount uh, was it Olive Branch Baptist Church as a wee little guy. Um, Brother Clint was the, the pastor there. Um, and I'm sure my cousin Tyler and I were in the back of the church getting into trouble doing something. Um, and he loves being called out, so. Hey, Tyler. Um, so, anyway, so that was my first, you know, and then, and then grew up in church and knew about. God knew about Jesus, and okay, my parents were good Christian folks and stuff, and but always struggled with salvation all all the way, you know, growing up, <clears throat> you know, and a kid, and of course I walked an aisle as a, as a kid because that's what good Baptist kids do, um, you know, and they do come to Christ that way as well. But I always struggled with it um, all the way through until high school, and just one day I was our preacher was talking about Judas and how Judas. 
um, knew Jesus, how Judas walked with Jesus, but um, he didn't choose to follow him to the end, right? Um, we all know how that story turns out, but I felt convicted, and I felt like that's kind of how I was. And so when I was 18, 17 or 18, um, senior in high school, I made the decision for myself to follow Christ. Um, fast forward a couple few years later, I duped Lauren into marrying me. Um, very thankful for that. She's much smarter than me, and that's probably evident already. Um, and, you know, we started living, right, our American dream. Um, you know, um, successful, you know, had a successful job, so did Lauren. Uh, we were making uh, good money. Um, I was well respected, you know, by my coworkers, awesome wife, two awesome boys. Um, this is about two years ago I'm talking about. Um, great church friend group and our family, you know, all these things, right? And those, you know, we, ser we served in our, in our church. Sounds, sounds pretty great, right? Like, that's okay, well, that sounds great, you know. And, it, and it, was, it was good, but what I would tell you is all that stuff was going on on the surface and behind the scenes, right, um, my priorities were just way out of whack, you know. Um, <clears throat> and so um, little did I know that God was going to start quickly realigning some of those things for me. Um, while all that was going on, um, I got into a motorcycle wreck, which I survived. I'm here, right? That's no big deal. It could have been a lot worse. Um, funny story about the wreck. Um, and I flew over the handlebars and landed up against a chain link fence. And it, I, I think it looked a lot worse than I actually got hurt. Um, a guy ran me off the road by accident. And, um, and you know, I picked the bike up, you know, your adrenaline's kind of pumping. You're like, oh, man, you know, I just, I, that was a close call, right? He's like, do we need to call a wrecker? And I'm like, no, I think I can bend the handlebars back. I think, you know, I think I'm okay. And he's like, well, what about a friend? You got a friend who's got a truck who can, like, come get you? I'm like, well, I have friends with trucks, but, you know, their kids are busy. I'm sure they're at ball games and stuff. And then he's like, well, what about your wife? Do you want to call your wife? And I'm like, wow, that's the last person that I'm going to call right now. I said, I'll walk this motorcycle home before I call my wife. Um, but then I got the bike stood up and driving home, and the wheels are shaking, and you know the taillights kind of just dangling there and stuff. And um, you know, as I was going home, driving about 45 miles an hour because that's all I could do, um, I had a lot of time because I was about 45 miles away from the house, so it was a pretty long drive to get there. But I just remember being overcome with, wow, that could have been it. You know, like that could have, that could have been it. And um, and I would have had to stand in front of God, right, with with the life that I'd lived. And again, there's some surface level things that were just fine, right? But I remember thinking, I know I would go to heaven. I, I know I would. You know, I know I've given my life to Christ, but what would I have to give my Savior? And so that started an, <clears throat> that started to gnaw at me a little bit. Um, haunted me, actually. I've thought about it a whole lot. And, you know, I was, at, I was at work, and again, the Lord really blessed me at my job, successful. And um, 
remember going into work thinking, man, I should love this. You know, I'm well-respected. I make good money. Like, why is it, why is this not, why do I dread going to work every day? Um, so I started thinking and praying about that. Um, so about this time, a couple, couple few years ago, I just really started searching and asking the question, Lord, what would you have me to do with my life? You know, this is, you know, I'm 28 or so years old when I started asking some of these questions. And um, that went on for, for many months. But, you know, that question, what, what do you want me to do with my life? I mean, I, I think God, again, one of the t- times God chuckles at us, he's like, hey, hey, man, like, there's this book. It's called the Bible. I've kind of lined it out there for you, what, what I want you to do with your life. Um, and so, um, you know, I remember reading about the early Christians, like in Paul's letters and in Acts. And um, you know, I talked about my priorities being out of whack a little bit. Those early Christians weren't concerned with their next promotion. Those, those early Christians weren't considered with the next motorcycle they were going to buy because they had just wrecked one. Um, they weren't concerned with how quickly they could retire. You know, like that wasn't even on their radar. All those things were on my radar, and they were they were they were at the front and center of my radar. If you had asked me again three years ago what my life would look like, and my friend did, I have a close friend that did ask me that. He said, "What do you, what does your what does the rest of your life look like, man?" I said, "Well." make more money than I spend and retire early and fish and hunt until I can't fish and hunt anymore, you know? And um, again, those aren't terrible things. Those are great things that God gives us to do. Um, But man, that's not what it's all about, you know? Um, And so one morning, the Lord just kind of gave me a moment of clarity, you know, and it was around when I was reading about what those early Christians were doing, um, and what were they doing, you know? What were they, what were they selling their lives out for? <clears throat> Pretty simple, um, right? They were leveraging their lives to just tell people about who Jesus was, and it's, it's kind of it's that simple. So great, okay, now these moments of clarity, you look back on your life, and you think about times you were reading God's Word, and you had these moments where you're like, oh man, it. You know, I got it. This is it. This is what it's all about. Had one of those <clears throat> moments of clarity then. So, but still working at my current job. And, um, you know, now what? Um, what exactly does that look like for me? Does that mean I'm supposed to continue working in my job? Maybe it is. Maybe God just wants me to be obedient and tell more people about Jesus at my work, you know? Um, uh, but again, that unsettled feeling just kind of kept persisted. It kind of hung with me, you know, um, and so one day at work, when I should have been working, I filled out this just get more information thing on the IMB, I'd heard about it through a friend, International Mission Board IMB, who's the sending agency that's going to send us, and um, I filled out the more information thing, and just, you know, and um, in fact, then I messaged Lauren on Google Chat and said, hey, I just did this, and she's like, wait, what, what, like, <laughs> What are you talking about? And if you know me, there's times where I can be a little bit impulsive. Um, this long wait in COVID has really driven home that it wasn't an impulse. It's really what God wants us for because we're, we're hanging in there. But um, so, yeah, Lauren was like, what? And then they called me that afternoon. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
I'm like, hey, I just, you know, I just fill out a give more info. I thought I was just going to get an automated email or something that I could like read some information on or something. And, and they had like a really good, serious conversation with me. Like, well, you know, have you started praying about it? I'm like, no, I just filled out the get more info thing. I needed to like, and then so um, started praying about it, um, obviously, obviously daily, um, about the possibility of God calling us to full-time missions. Um, Lauren and I prayed a lot about it together. Um, and we sought wise counsel in our lives and just continue, continue to read God's word. And then next slide. Um, I read this passage one morning, and <clears throat> I'll just read it to you. Um, I know you can see it, but I, I think it's good enough to read for sure. Uh, it says, uh, it's Romans 10, uh, verse 14 through uh, 15. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? How it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Um, so, wow, one of those other moments of clarity. Um, and I, you know... Again, I've, it wasn't like a beam of light came down from heaven and, you know, or like my Cheerios spelled out that I was supposed to go. Um, that would have been really cool, but that didn't happen. Um, but, man, I'll just tell you, you know, early in the morning, um, sitting there, it was like God was just right there with me, you know. And we've all, you know, we've followed Christ. We've had those moments where it's just clear. Um, I remember asking, like, out loud probably even... <clears throat> Lord, would you have us go? And uh, just I, as close to an audible voice as I've ever heard, it just he, God just told us to go. And he told us through his word, you know, really. Um, and I guess what I, the main point of what I'd like to say with all that is, man, I was just like this close. Um, you know, friends, I was this close to living a life um, that was a good Christian life, but that didn't risk it all for the gospel, you know. And what I would tell you is um, not to settle for that. Um, you know, we get one shot at this, and, you know, when you wreck your motorcycle or have a close call like that, you realize, you know, we get one shot at this life to live for the king, our king who died for us. We should owe him everything because of what he did. And so just being overcome with, with that, it should, it should change us. Um, and so um, I would just encourage us today, he's got so much more planned for us than to, to live the life that I was so close to living, you know. He's got so much more planned uh, for us, his word tells us so much, right? God tells us that um, in all of his gospels that if anyone wants to follow me, they have to pick up their cross, right? And that doesn't mean to, to skip along a you know, brick road to, you know, the American dream. No, it's, it's a picture of coming and dying, right? Um, and dying to self and dying to what you know, we want, but I'm telling you right now, we have more uncertainty in our lives than we've ever had, but I'm just telling you there's a joy that comes with it. 
when you've approached the throne and you're just like, yeah, whatever you got, like, we're game, you know? And I would challenge all of us to just to pray about that. And what is that thing, um, you know, what is that thing in your own life that you have to just give to God? Um, so as we kind of like um, continue, continue on here, um, you know, I just like to say, you know, I just like to say that we're all, God's word's pretty clear. We're all called to go. And true, not all of us are called to go into another country and stay, but we're all called um, to make Jesus more known. That could look like us doing that in our communities, right? Um, you know, just some challenging questions that put a pit in my gut, and I'll tell you that um, when I ask them is, when's the last time God broke your heart for a lost person? Who in your life doesn't know Jesus? When's the last time you wept over that person? And, and pleaded God, plead with God that he'd save him. This is a hard one, too. When's the last time you shared the gospel with that person? Have you ever prayed that God would break your heart for the lost? Would, and would you guys consider doing that today? That he would, and he will. He will. I told you I'm a crier. Yeah, but the reason I get emotional is because I... When I read this, I think of... <laughs> Think of the people in my own life who I've blown this with. So what's it all about? If I keep going, I'm not going to get through this. So what's it all about? Next slide. Yep. It's about that gibberish that's up there on the screen. Um, that's the check language. Um, so again, crowd participation. Um, it's all about those two verses. And you may be able to, maybe through some context clues, figure out what those are. Um, but we're going to learn a little check today. So we're going to try the first verse together as a group. Um, so if you just want to repeat after me, and again, my check's not perfect, but most people in here don't know check, so you can't tell how bad I am at it. <laughs> All right, so um, let's do it together. That's, that's Luke 19.10. Um, Sane? Chloveka, Tokish, Prishil, Haladat, this is a hard one, Ah, Zahranit, So, Bilo, Stretzene. So, the Son of Man came to seek and to save um, the lost. Um, the second verse there. Um, I'll have my beautiful bride say it because I cannot. Um, so if you'll say that second one there, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that second one says, Neboch butak milavas viet, for God so loved the world. that he gave his only begotten son. So that anyone who believes upon him, Nezal Hanul, 
they shall not perish. But they'll have life that is everlasting. So that is what it's all about. It's about the fact, and this, that's what this book is about from cover to cover. Um, it's about the fact that because of our own sin, we're separated from God, right? And no matter how hard we try, no matter how many good things we put in our life, we're hopeless to, to match up to God's standard of holiness. He tells us, be holy because I am holy. I'm reading in Leviticus now, which is kind of a challenge, right, to get through Leviticus, but doing the Bible in a year plan, and that's the, keep, that's the thing that I keep coming back to, is be holy because I am holy. And it just reminds me <clears throat> how incapable we are of meeting his standard of holiness. And our God is equal parts love that we see in these verses, but he's equal parts wrath, too. That's the part that makes us a little queasy to think about. But he hates sin, hates it, can't be in the presence of it. And we all know that we're all messed up. Um, but John 3, 16, yeah, God so loved us that he didn't leave us in that condition, right? He sent his son to come and live the perfect life for us, to show us what it's all about. And then that son came, and he took the full wrath of God on his shoulders for my sins and for yours. And then if we would believe in him and, and give our lives to him, that he's faithful to, to save us. That's, that's the gospel in a nutshell. And I'm so thankful for it. And when we dwell on that and we think about how big a deal that is, man, that should change us. Um, so what's next? Um, really cool quote. Again, I am one of the least profound people you will ever meet. Um, but I thought this was a profound something that I read of a book. And it's um, the book, the title of the book is What Are You Going to Do With Your Life? Um, and so I'll just read it to you. Um, his name's J.D. Greer. He's, I think he's the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, but he's just talking about like missions and us in America and how we should like flange up to that, you know, how we should um, match up to that. And he says, of course you need to be called to go. But here's the other side of that. You also need to be called to stay. Wherever you are, you should be called and feel sent there. Um, based solely on the math, it seems to me that the burden of proof lies on us to show why we're called to stay in a place with so much when there are so many places that have so little. That's, that's pretty convicting. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, at the beginning of our time together... Um, I, I kind of threw a challenge to you that would be listen, listen with the intent to act. And maybe here's just a couple of ways that you could do that, uh, some, some practical ways. Um, most importantly, do you know Jesus as Lord? Um, is he the Lord of your life? Do you know that you know that you're a child of his? Um, did you come to a place where you've realized that your sin separates you from a holy God and the only chance that you have to be made right is to repent, to realize your sin, and to believe in what Jesus accomplished on the cross? That's one practical way, and that's the most important way we could act, right, if we didn't know that. Have you ever considered going on a short-term trip? My hope and prayer is that 
this relationship with First Baptist Church Robinson continues to grow with us and that there may come a time where we can offer a trip. And I would love to see that. I would love to see people from this crowd come and share the gospel with people who don't know it. Um, and remember, you don't need a beam of light experience to come to that conclusion, you know. Um, the Bible is clear. We're supposed to go. Um, have you ever considered that God would ask you to go full time? <laughs> I mean, I hadn't. I'm telling you that right now. I, I hadn't. Um, and these are scary questions to open up our arms and think about, right? But I guarantee you, um, if you come to God with a surrendered heart and with your yes on the table, um, He's going to do some awesome things, and you get to you get to be along for that ride, you know. I mean, really, He's going to accomplish it with or without us anyway. But man, to watch God show up and to move, and you know it, you know, it's like, wow, look, that was God right there, you know. That's a special thing for us Christians to see. Other ways that you can act is through that through that door there. There's some prayer cards. You can grab a prayer card, and like like Lauren said, there's a QR code. Man, if you just pray for us, that'd be huge. I can't fully understand how prayer works because God already knows. And I get into this like thinking about well, if God already knows, I'm going to pray. But it's like I'm just telling you, it works. Um, it's not a super theological thing, right? But prayer works, and it's fun. It's fun to keep a a list of the things you're praying for. To keep going back to those daily, and to over time look back and see, man, God showed up in all these places. You know, um, pray for us. We need it. Trust me, I need it a lot. Um, so we're going to be here after the service. We want to meet you, encourage you. Um, you know. Um, and whatever you're going through in life, um, you know, um, Lauren's going to play a song, and I think there's going to be another song after that. But just, again, the other kind of challenge that, that I maybe mentioned was just approaching God's throne this morning with, with open arms and with your yes on the table. And I'm just telling you guys, that's, a, that's an adventure that you can't even fathom. And... Um, that adventure can happen here in Robinson, Illinois. It can happen across the world. It can, it can happen wherever. Um, but God is good, and he will show up in it. One step of faith. Um, and um, just step back and watch how God shows up.